You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice Podcast. This is episode 39, The Skill of Proactivation. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hello, friends. I hope this finds you well today. Thanks for tuning in. I just got back from an awesome vacation to California with the family. Uh, Matt and I and the girls um, went down uh, last week. We left Monday and we got back just yesterday. So we were gone for about a week and a half and um, had a great time. And I went to Disneyland for the first time and had a blast. Um, I've been to Disney World before. I was six years old. And uh, we went on a Disney cruise a couple years ago and I loved it. So was definitely not disappointed at Disneyland and the lines were pretty good. Um, I think the longest we waited in line was about an hour and a half for the new Star Wars ride, which was awesome. I have to say crowds are definitely not my favorite, but I love Disney. Um, and I think I didn't even realize I love Disney until I went on the Disney cruise a few years ago and just was amazed at, um, the amount of detail and attention they pay. Uh, if you can hear some banging around, I'm sitting in the living room with my dogs. I didn't feel like being in the office today. Um, so my dog's got a toy he's playing with. So you might hear that just, I didn't want to shut them out today. <laughs> I've been having so much fun with my dogs lately. We've been going on hikes and I've been taking them to the dog park. And, um, I just really made sure that I intentionally put time into my day for the dogs, which I wasn't doing before. I was just kind of taking them on walks when I could get to it, but, um, and spending a lot of time together <laughs> lately. And they are the best. Uh, I have Bodie, who's two years old, and he's a mixed breed, um, very kind, kind creature. And then we have Cooper, who is a six-month-old German short-haired pointer who was given to us um, a few months ago. Uh, we were dog-sitting for him, and um, when his owners came back to town, they had considered rehoming him and wanted to know if we had any interest. And if you ask me at all, if I want any animal, I'm going to say yes. So we said, yes, we have uh, two dogs, um, a 10 year old cat and two six month old kittens and a bearded dragon. Now, if anybody else asked me if I want any pets, I'm, I'm, uh, committed to saying no, according to my husband, Matt. <laughs> and also, I just think it would be way too much. Vet bills are not cheap. Although Matt's sister-in-law has a dog. Uh, it, she He's a mini uh, Australian shepherd. And I, I made sure I told her when we were in California last week, if you ever need a new home for Finn, we're, we're here. And Matt screams in the background. No, we're not. <laughs> so I don't think that'll ever happen, but I just wanted to let her know in case. 
before I get into today's episode on proactivation, I want to let you know that I will be closing enrollment for the January Grow a Thriving Practice coaching program on December 23rd. So that means if you are ready to grow your business and you want to start afresh during the new year, you will need to book a consultation before uh, December 23rd or on December 23rd in order to make it into um, that next enrollment period. All right, so you can do that by visiting my website at jillianfaldmo.com and click on learn more when it comes to the coaching program. Or you can just email me and we'll find a time to meet um, me at jillianfaldmo.com. All right, let's talk about proactivation. This is a word that my coach, Brooke Castillo, made up to express the opposite of the act of procrastination. The act of procrastination, right? We're delaying or postponing. Proactivation means that we, we take action. Now, we procrastinate things that will give us long-term pleasure. And instead, we want the quick fix. We want the immediate gratification. So let's say, you know, you have a goal of getting 12 clients um, into your weekly schedule. And that's like, you, you would like 12 clients um, per week for biofield tuning. And there's things that you need to do in order to achieve that, right? You need to um, figure out how to market your practice. Um, you need to actually do the marketing, whether that's through newsletter or um, networking with other practitioners. Um, but there's things, you know, that seem like they'd create more pleasure for you in that moment. So we pick things like scrolling on Facebook, watching Netflix, grabbing a snack. <laughs> for me, I love making cookies when there's something else I should be doing or else something else I actually want to be doing. Um, and we just do anything to avoid that discomfort of staying committed to our goal and the, the steps that it's going to take to reach our goal, right? So if we can learn to flip this around and actually procrastinate the short-term pleasures and proactivate our long-term pleasure, we can create the life that we keep dreaming about. So when you think about it, right, proactivation means that we use our higher part of our brain, prefrontal cortex, that's a part of our brain that makes plans, that has our best interests in mind, can, you know, long-term goals. We use that part of our brain to make the plans and to execute them no matter what. And when we switch to this way of being, we create our life instead of reacting to it. Now, this is something that I've been personally working on, and I actually got coached on it uh, very recently. I have been kind of in my own practice, so things have been going, you know, pretty well. My schedule is great. Um, 
And eventually, so my long-term goal is to, to do a lot more group coaching than individual coaching, right? But my, um, I've gotten used to, and I'm in this comfort zone area of where my day happens, you know, I'm not really thinking a ton about my business, um, but I have these other goals. I want to start, you know, creating a plan, creating a business plan for a group coaching model. And I thought about this recently that um, the reason why I wasn't moving forward with that was because I was just in this zone of comfort and I wanted to, I wanted to stay there. Um, you know, even though things though were, they're comfortable, I'm still looking at the potential that I have and the potential um, that there is to, to help a lot of people. And there's discomfort in that for me. There's discomfort in knowing that there's more that I can help more people. And yet I'm kind of like, hmm, just going through my days haphazardly, not really putting a lot of thought or intention into how my business is operating. So in that coaching call that I had recently with my coach, um, I realized that I've gotten really good at procrastinating of like, you know, there's these things that I plan to do. I, I plan to sit down and write a business, a business um, model for that group coaching model, but other things seem more enjoyable in the moment, like taking the dogs for a walk or <laughs> watching a Christmas movie, honestly, you know, things like that. And what that's doing um, to my long-term goal, again, it's, it's actually, even though it seems more comfortable in the moment and I get pleasure in that moment, there's that long-term discomfort there. And so, and then sometimes what'll happen is I'll get, I'll get sort of in this fear cycle of like, oh, I've got to, okay, now's the time I got to sit down and do this business plan because if I don't, then I'm going to be a failure <laughs> or whatever it might be. So in those moments, I'm sort of relying on fear and pressure to drive me. And we do that a lot when we procrastinate, right? We, we wait until the last minute and we rely on fear and pressure to motivate us to get things done. Um, so I'm sure there are people listening to this that can relate to that. Now, when we're in proactivation, when we practice proactivating, we don't rely on fear and pressure to drive us like we do when we procrastinate on something till the last minute. Instead, we create passion, like you heard in the last episode. We create inspiration. Um, we create creativity. And from that place, we move forward. Sometimes we create even that feeling of commitment, which doesn't always feel good, but um, it's a it's a very conscious and intentional place to come from. And again, it's using that part of our brain or prefrontal cortex to make those long-term plans and, and execute them no matter what. That's one of the real gifts that we have and amazing gifts 
that we have as human beings is to be able to plan way ahead and execute that plan. Um, when we're in the practice of procrastinating, it's like we've got this toddler part of our brain that wants that instant pleasure. Now, this is one of the most important habits that we can adopt the habit of proactivation. Because when we're doing the opposite, when we're procrastinating, we are putting off our dreams because we're either afraid or we're feeling lazy or we're just in this comfort zone or even we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed and we can't, we're like, oh, I can't even wrap my head around that. And I do this a lot. I, you know, I have these big ideas and these plans, but I'm thinking about them as I'm moving through my day and I don't really set aside intentional time to actually, you know, unravel and unwind what's going on in my head, you know, get it down on paper, see what makes sense, you know, really consciously plan. When we procrastinate, remember, we're trying to avoid the discomfort of the thing that's going to get us to our goals. And it's really ultimately draining, right? Because even though it feels like, let's just give an example. You know, when I say draining, I mean that, you know, our brain wants to tell us that we're conserving energy by not doing the thing now, by doing something that's more pleasurable. So let's like take a nap as an example. Um, some of us use naps as a way to avoid some sort of discomfort. So let's say that your brain wants to tell you that taking a nap instead of working on your business is going to lead you to feeling rested. The truth is, if you use the nap to avoid doing the work, you're not any closer to your goals. And now you've got the weight of the thing that's undone that sucks the energy right out of you. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that if you're tired and you need to rest, you should push through it. No, honor your body. You know, take a 20 minute cat nap if you are feeling like, you know, physically tired and then do the thing that you said you were going to do. Right. There's also the, you know, when we tell ourselves, I don't feel like it. I want you to know that that's a completely normal thing. You know, not feeling like doing something. I use this with the kids all the time. You know, I say it's time to get ready for school. <laughs> the youngest will usually say, I don't want to. And I say, that's okay. You don't have to want to. It's just, it's time. You still need to get ready for school. When we, when we tell ourselves this, I don't want to, or I don't feel like it. It's normal, but it's also not a good reason not to do something. In fact, most of the time when you're evolving to the, that next version of yourself, you will not feel like it <laughs> because evolving is uncomfortable. And our brains like things painless, pleasurable, and easy. That's the motivational triad. We like to do things with the least amount of effort. We like to do it by avoiding any sort of pain or discomfort and, um, and with seeking pleasure. So that's why so many of us have gotten good at sitting on the couch, watching Netflix, eating cookies. <laughs> Because it's easy and painless in the moment. 
evolving entails discomfort. It entails delaying pleasure and it can be challenging. Again, it's not a reason not to move forward and do it anyway. And this is why I find plugging tasks and things that I need to do into my calendar and committing to them the best way through that discomfort, because it gives me the opportunity to um, not only honor my word to myself, but also the opportunity to experience discomfort on purpose. If we are constantly only doing what we feel like doing, we're going to move backwards. We're not, we're not going to um, progress and um, move forward towards our dreams. Now, I want to talk about a misconception that a lot of us have, that when we do our best work, that we're, when we are, um, you know, doing, you know, living our vision of our business, that we should be enjoying it all of the time. And that's simply not the case because sometimes, and actually I have found that a lot of the times doing things to accomplish our dreams, it feels like crap in the moment. It, like, again, that feeling of commitment, it does not always feel good. And this is exactly why not everyone has a successful business. If this were easy, if it were easy to make commitments to ourselves and to our business and to follow through and to do the hard things, then we would all have successful businesses, right? We would all be thriving, but that's not the case. What most of our society has is we're working for the, they're working for the man. I'm not going to say we, because I'm not, <laughs> they're working for the man, you know, five to seven days a week, nine to five, maybe even more than that. <laughs> um, because they haven't been willing to feel the discomfort and experience the difficult emotions that come with achieving our dreams. And some, a lot of the time that can have to do with, you know, our own limiting beliefs and, you know, societal overlays on people. Um, and I was actually talking to a client about this today that, um, you know, she felt, she felt privileged with uh, being able to have a job where she works, you know, three to four days a week and she only sees a few clients. So she works just a few days and she's, you know, she's making money and she says, you know, not everybody has that privilege um, and that opportunity. And what I offered her was that that's no reason to stop living her dreams because the more that we can uh, evolve toward that, even personally in our own lives, the more of an example that we can be to others, the more, um, the more of those cons like societal constructs that we can break down and by giving ourselves the opportunity to live our dreams, we're giving others the opportunity to live theirs as well. That was just a little soapbox I went on, <laughs> but most of the time, you know, people are not willing to feel the discomfort and experience those difficult emotions that come with, you know, long-term planning and execution of those plans. Now, remember that 
we create these emotions with our thoughts. I've talked about this before. So the more that we take responsibility for that, the better that we're going to be at managing our emotions. And the better that we become at managing our emotions, the less we will procrastinate because procrastinating is a way to avoid managing our emotions. So when, when you plan something in your calendar, um, let's say writing a newsletter and something comes up that's more pleasurable, more comfortable, you want to manage your emotions around that discomfort, right? Whether it's, you know, let's say cookies, you know, that feeling of deprivation um, of having the cookies. You want to manage your mind around that deprivation instead of just giving into it and reacting to it, right? So the better that we get at that mind management and that emotional management, the less that we will use our emotions as an excuse not to create something. All right. So let's, let's kind of talk about this a little bit more. Um, you have something in your calendar, right? So let's say you put in your calendar that you're going to work on a series of newsletters. And when the time comes to work on it, you think about a few other things that you'd rather do and you know, what that would feel better in the moment. Let's say, um, either go for a walk or scroll on Facebook, right? So I'm not saying that either of these things are bad. Take going for a walk or scrolling on Facebook, right? But whenever they're used in a way to avoid the discomfort of doing something else, that's called buffering. So you're thinking, you know, it's time for me to write these newsletters and I don't want to. And the emotion that's generated is some form of discomfort. Maybe it's dread or avoidance or apathy. And when you create that discomfort, instead of allowing it and processing it and doing the thing anyway, you buffer, you go on the walk or you scroll on Facebook or just anything but what you planned on. And the result that that has for you is obviously it's not getting the newsletter done, but it's also not keeping that commitment to yourself, maintaining your integrity and adding another task onto your already busy week, right? You sort of get this backlog of stuff that you plan to do that you didn't do. And it's an unconscious pattern that plays out again and again and again until you're so behind on your goals that you keep proving to yourself the story of either, you know, I can't do this. I'm not motivated enough. I don't have time. I can't figure this out, whatever the story is. Now, here's where we get to shift this pattern. Instead of going into procrastination, we're going to get to proactivation. Okay. We have to interrupt the pattern at the emotion. Okay. So you plan to do something and you feel dread or avoidance or apathy. Those are all emotions that may come up. Take note of it. You might even want to say to yourself, like, what's going on, love? And notice you're experiencing avoidance. That's okay. You know, kind of self-coach. And notice that when you 
become curious and when you allow that emotion to be there instead of trying to avoid it or cover it up, space opens up and you can truly experience that emotion. You can truly come from a place of the witness. You can hold space for yourself. You can become curious. And then rather than avoiding the thing, you experience that emotion and you do the thing anyway. And experiencing the effect of accomplishment, keeping your commitment to yourself and being the next version of you, you step into your future self who's already achieved her dreams. That is really the beauty of being able to experience discomfort on purpose, even though it feels like crap in the moment. I mean, I've experienced this for myself time and time again. I will procrastinate something and procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate. But when I really start to get into the habit of plugging something into my calendar and doing it, no matter what feels like crap in the moment, but on the other side, I feel so light and so free. It's amazing. And I know that I'm one step closer to that more evolved version of myself. Okay. So I want to leave you with this. This is something else from my coach and teacher, Brooke Castillo. So many people procrastinate their dreams. And we have dreams for a reason. They're not for our own selfishness, for our own, you know, financial gains or, you know, our own self-fulfillment, although I think those are important. You're supposed to evolve yourself to the place where you can create and really live your dream. And some might say, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a dream of serving the world. You know, it's, you know, it's a, it, it is about me. Like I want, I want to make the money. I want to be happy. I want to reassure you that that's okay. If you are evolving yourself to accomplish an impossible dream for yourself, you are serving the world because the world needs us to evolve. Humanity needs us to evolve to be the next version of ourselves and not in a way that causes us to burn out or overwork, but really being driven by that internal drive and our internal knowing that is our humanity pushing us forward. Okay. So don't procrastinate your dreams anymore. I don't care what your reasons are for your dreams. You can have whatever reason you want for your dreams. It can be to, you know, have more money, to um, live a happier life. Whenever we move forward towards our dreams, and this is what I got from Brooke Castillo, whenever we move forward towards our dreams, we are becoming an example of what's possible in the world. And the world needs to see what exactly we as human beings are capable of. And you can be that example. All right, my friend, 
Thanks so much for listening and I will catch you next time. Bye. Hey you, if you're feeling stuck on where to go next and you're wanting to grow a thriving practice so that you can serve more people, increase your finances and increase your freedom, let's hop on a call together. I want to hear all about it. Visit my website at jillianfaldmo.com to learn how I can help you.